each day, your body makes the high-stakes decision that holds the very fabric of our society together. Is that a fart, or am I about to shit myself? And with the average person releasing nearly half a gallon of gas a day, your body is making this decision all the time. It turns out this impressive ability all comes down to how we develop as an embryo. We explore the biology behind farts to uncover how society as we know it is held together by a few centimeters of tissue in our anus, all while answering even more fart questions along the way. That's what you're in store for today on Impolite Society. You're listening to Impolite Society with Laura and Rachel. Thank you for joining us tonight on a very serious and somber episode of Impolite Society. Uh, yes, Rachel, thank you very much for that wonderful intro. Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, we don't need to have anything serious because our last two episodes have been very great, very educational, but they are very deep and require a lot of thinking and critical thinking and historical research and you know what i thought we should give ourselves a break and just have a good fucking time tonight good break from uh sex dolls eating other humans all that light and fun stuff yeah i'm still in sex doll recovery actually i talked to my therapist about it i've actually had to bump up my sessions to three times a week it's a support group sda sex dolls anonymous (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I go in there and I'm like, I just keep having the stream where I'm trapped inside a doll and I want to scream and I want to scream and all I can say is, I love you. Will you love me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of mood we're in. But unlike sex dolls, this episode should leave you with the good, warm, fuzzy vibes like as if your beloved childhood television icon has returned to you after 20 years of being in college. (laughs) If you know what I mean. Uh, I've been seeing Steve all over TikTok just every time. I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. I don't care. Go away, Steve. Oh, Steve had a big part in my childhood. Yeah, I bet he did. And, you know, it validated my whole existence (laughs) that he came back and he said... He remembers me, and he will never forget me, ever. Next, I just need Miss Frizzle to come back and tell me that student loans are canceled, and I'm living the millennial dream. And on that lovely note, I'm Rachel. I'm Laura. And this really is Impolite Society, and this is a show for those of us who are curious and want to dig into the topics that you've been told that you can't discuss. And today on Impolite Society... We are really scraping the bottom of the crass barrel here tonight. You know, if we're looking at a scale of at the top is Beethoven, classical music, fine art. We're really the opposite end because we are digging into our bluest topic yet. A brownish topic yet. (laughs) I hope it's not brown and we're going to get into that. But that's right. We are talking about the thunder from down under. Breaking wind. That toot in your chute or the gas in your ass. We are talking about farts. (laughs) And we're not going to make too many more fart sounds tonight, I imagine. (laughs) Right? Are we? I don't know. I can't promise that. (laughs) Yeah. What happens, happens. What happens on impolite society stays on impolite society, you know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying, saying. But we are talking about farts, and I have an age-old question about farts that I have been just waiting and rearing to tackle. Rearing. (laughs) Rearing. And it has to do with that feeling, that special feeling you get when, you know. The tingle? mm, It's more like a firm pressure. Oh. I mean, I can't say for everybody. That's what it feels like for me. But that little (laughs) pressure, that slight discomfort, that feeling of fullness. That you get down below that lets you know you need to let it go. There's something in my ass, yeah. And based on the feeling, you can distinguish if it's a fart that is safe to let it fly. (laughs) Or if it's something you should probably hold on until you can get to the nearest bathroom. 
So my rude question is how the heck do we know when a fart is just a fart and not a full-fledged turd just waiting to escape our bodies? But this is a very high-stakes situation, right? If we make the wrong decision, sometimes you, you can't unmake it. I mean, sometimes I feel like you definitely can't unmake it. Once it's done, it's done. Well, maybe you have a little prairie dog situation. You can kind of, <laughs> but sometimes what's done is done and it's done in your panties. Gravois. Gravitois. Gravitas? Gravitas, I believe. Gravitas. That's a lot of gravitas. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely impact your social standing uh, in a serious way. At the very least, it'll ruin your day. <laughs> And your panties. Nobody wants to throw out their panties or roll it up in toilet paper and stuff it at the bottom of the workplace trash can. Nobody wants to do that. (laughs) Oh, God. This thing that happens and we all make the decision countless times a day, we just treat it like it's nothing. Like nonchalant, like, oh, yep, fart, nope, nope, poop, hold on to it. And yet this ability to decide, I will go out on a limb to say, holds the very fabric of our society together. It's also just a freaking miracle that we can tell the difference pretty easily. There's always exceptions, which is why, of course, we have the term, the shart. We get confused sometimes, but on the whole, it's a great system. Our bodies have it down to a science, and it really is pretty amazing. And I know exactly how our body knows, and we're going to get into that. I find it funny that somehow I always end up with the anatomy topics, which is funny because I can't pronounce jack shit. Like, I know how to say nothing. You might be on your own on this episode. Normally, I'm the one who's like, no, it's this. And I was reading through the notes. I'm like, I'm not sure. So take everything that I say on this one with a grain of salt. I don't know, man. And Laura usually corrects me because she has actually taken an anatomy class. She has, like, studied the human body. Meanwhile... I I have a communications degree, and apparently pronunciation was not a part of it. I have butchered everything under the sun, but I'm going to give it the old college try. And when we come back after the break, we are going to dig into how our bodies can distinguish between farts and poo. <laughs> while answering quite a few other fart questions along the way. So... Stay tuned. Did you know that the oldest recorded joke is about farts? It does not surprise me because farts are fucking hilarious. And I know that some people are like, highbrow, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, farts are funny. They're always funny. Everybody has found a fart funny at least once in their life. My one-year-old thinks her fucking hilarious. She sits at the dinner table in her high chair, and as soon as she farts, she laughs. And she doesn't even know. She knows nothing about society and culture. Nothing. But she inherently knows this sound coming out of my butt is funny because it makes mom and dad laugh. Oh, that's really cute. And what else is cute is that you didn't ask me what the first joke was about because I didn't actually look it up. I didn't see that in my research, but I didn't write it down what the joke was. <laughs> so unfortunately, I cannot relay the world's oldest joke to you. But I will say it did play a role in picking this topic because, hello, instant comedy. I don't have to do shit. I just have to talk about farts for an hour. <laughs> you don't have to do shit. The farts will do it for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, this whole podcast is about trying not to do shit. So full circle. Here we go. So hold on to your sides. I know you're going to have to be, you're going to be rolling on the floor laughing. Hold on to your panties. <laughs> yeah. Keep the panties on and keep your stitches don't stitch. I don't know. Isn't that a, a saying about jokes and stitches? It's like have you in stitches, but I don't yeah, know what Don't the... get into the stitches. Try to keep it together. <laughs> you're probably at a place of business or maybe on a walk in a park or somewhere where your neighbors can see you. And I don't want you looking like a crazy psychopath because this might be a lot of promises. <laughs> I, I, I can't really control everything about how you look, but I can control what you hear about flatulence in the next 45 minutes. So let's get into it. So we are going to talk about everything you ever, maybe never, wanted to know about farts. Let's go. Let's do this. Okay. So what is a fart? 
I am a southern lady, and I have no idea what these farts you speak of are. What a vulgar thing. Well, I'm going to beg to differ, because even if you (laughs) claim to have never farted, I can promise you that science says you have, in fact, experienced it yourself. Whether you've experienced it with other people, that just says a lot more about you and your relationships than it does (laughs) about the human body, to be fair. (laughs) Denial, denial, denial. Because we all fart daily. And my sources, which I will say, comes from a variety of different reputable publications ranging from (laughs) men's health to kids' health, which honestly, they were the same reading level, so I don't know what that tells you. There's a wide variety of kind of pop science sources. I tried. We have some studies in there today, but when you're keeping it farts, you got farts are of the people. (laughs) You can't be up in your ivory tower farting. It's the people's science. It truly is. Everybody farts and my sources, men's health, kids' health, they all say that we can fart at least 10 times a day, but probably no more than 30 times a day. I mean, depending on what you eat. But we all fart in the double digits daily. And what do we do? We're expelling up to... 1,500 milliliters of gas. And if you aren't super metrically minded, it might that <laughs> might be kind of hard to visualize. I, I'm an American. Bald eagles, red, white, and blue, Statue of Liberty, da, 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 da. That's actually almost a half gallon of gas. What a disappointing container of ice cream. Just all farts. <laughs> mm, see, I was thinking milk, which lead to more farts. But again, is gas measured in the same volume as liquid? These are things that are impossible to tell. So I can just say I compared 1,500 milliliters to gallons and I got almost half a gallon. That's how I got to this figure. Check my math. Close enough. So we all fart, essentially. But what exactly is a fart? But I will just say, a fart is the passage of air through our lower digestive tract and out, releasing it into the world by way of our rectum and anus. Birthing it like a beautiful, stinky baby into the world. But nobody writes you any cards. Nobody has a shower. We would have no time. (laughs) Just all day. All showers, all the time. Yeah, I mean, you owe me at least 17 for today, so get on it. What do you have for lunch? Okay, so it comes through the anus, right? So quick download on the anus because it's going to play a big part in this whole conversation today. So it's the opening that connects our bowels, which is our intestines, Mm -hmm. GI tract, whatever you want to call it. It connects it to the world. It is the passage from internal human body to this big, beautiful world that we occupy. The gates of Mordor. Mm, no, that was the cervix, remember? Ah. Because your your anus is more like a hobbit hole door because it's constantly opening and closing, opening and closing. Ah, okay, okay. Very welcoming. Mm, Laura <laughs> would know. <laughs> Mine is like Bilbo's. It's like closed. It says no, no admittance unless on party business. <laughs> Fun fact about the anus is that it is perfectly designed to fit the tip of your thumb in it. (laughs) God knew what he was doing. (laughs) They share the same length. A anus is three to four centimeters long. Same as the tip of your finger. That's the tip of your thumb. (laughs) Up it goes. And this little guy, along with two rings of muscles, are all that separates our beautiful sanitary world from the demons just waiting to escape our foul flesh prison. (laughs) Two very strong rings. Yes, and that's literally the hand of God keeping our (laughs) anus close. It's got an iron grip. Yep, so let's just all take a moment to say thank you to anal sphincters. But these sphincters do relax. They don't constantly say clench. They do relax when we feel the pressure in our sacral nerves. And these sphincters work together with our pelvic floor muscles to release the source of the pressure, which is a.k.a. gas when you need to fart or a dookie when you need to deuce. And this is why women who have had babies, a.k.a. trauma to their vaginal area, sometimes they deal with incontinence because those nerves are so fucked from being, like, stretched out and shit. 
which I actually answered a question, I think, from an earlier episode about birth when folks are referring to the birth canal. It is actually an opening within the pelvic floor muscle. Oh. Which if you Google it, it'll still say the vagina. But that was the thing that I kind of keyed in on because women have three holes in the pelvic floor and men only have the two. So, Well, it's to allow babies out and dicks in. Nah, some of ours only work one way. (laughs) It's to let babies out. (laughs) No dicks. So these muscles and the sphincters work in tandem to let the air out. But a natural next question is how does air get in there? I just love rhyming. That's a good question. And I will give you the answer, my dear young fartling. (laughs) Is that like a halfling? (laughs) Another Lord of the Rings reference. (laughs) I can tell you quite comfortably that fartling is a word that I made up for this episode. Feel free to use it. Copyright Rachel 2021. (laughs) So the air that comes out of our anuses gets into our guts in one of two ways. The first is eating. Here's a riddle for you. What do I, Rachel, and 82% of the dogs I know have in common? And joke's on you, most of the dogs I've had in my life are boys. So before you even try to make that joke. You're a bitch. You can't even. Mm, 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 mm. I don't have that in common with dogs. No, 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 no. I have something else in common. And that is the fact that we can all down our dinners in about 30 seconds easy. It's actually very impressive how fast my dogs eat. But if you are like me and my dogs you might be swallowing quite a bit of air as you gulp down your dinner. And this air has to go somewhere. It can't just hang out inside your body forever. That somewhere that it goes is out your ass. (laughs) And the other place it comes from is breaking down your food. So some food is harder to break down, and when that undigested food hits your lower GI tract, well, that's like fucking opening the buffets on the Carnival Caribbean Princess for those 100 (laughs) trillion bacteria living in your large intestine. They come in, and they are ready to chow down. And when they chow down, they create gas. And that gas is created through a process called fermentation, and when they make it, it's got to go somewhere. So the the bacteria in your gut is farting, which then makes you, the host, fart. Yeah, it's secondhand farts. So it's so like those high fiber foods that are really difficult to digest, like celery or, or oh, like yeah. leafy mm-hmm. vegetables mm-hmm. or that kind of thing. Uh, see, they tell us to eat them, and then and then this is what happens: social ruin. Well, it's good for your digestive because it's good for the microbes. They like to. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So, yeah, it is a vicious cycle. You want them, apparently. That's where farts are and where they come from. That's the skinny on fat farts. Um, And you can always recognize a fart by two telltale signs. I mean, granted, there are some that kind of skirt these two, but these are kind of the two main factors that let you know a fart has occurred. Number one is the sound, which we all know. We've been mimicking it all night. And, and many people can replicate this exact sound through our lips, through our armpits, by smooshing our palms together. Well, yeah, because the sound is your cheeks smacking against each other. So all you have to do is take two pieces of flesh and yep, do it together fast. That is exactly where the sound comes from. It's funny. That's kind of like why I, I was like looking at my cat the other day and I was like, how come cats don't make a sound when they fart. And then I was like, oh, because they don't have ass cheeks. Like, not in the way that we do. Well, you know, that are all pressed together. It actually comes from, like, the anus kind of clapping together, too. Yeah, but it's definitely not as noticeable as our, like, big old butt cheeks because we're upright, smacking together. That's what makes that real good noise. Yeah, I could definitely see that. But I've, I've heard audible farts from my dogs before. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I guess cats, smaller anus, less vibration and things like that. Or the air just might be coming out more slowly or because cats don't eat as many carbohydrates, which is actually oh. one of the foods that these bacteria chow down on. Plus, cats and true carnivores, uh, dogs are omnivores. They have shorter digestive tracts, so there's less time for the food to be in there. Oh. So less time for it to break down and create gas. And this fun facts. Oh, that is interesting. But this is also this first point about farts is point one about why it's funny. The noise. It's a trumpet. It's a little trumpet noise coming out of your butt. How is that not fucking hilarious? 
It is pretty funny. But not all farts are audible, right? Yep. And when they're not, that can make them kind of tricky to pinpoint who exactly the culprit was of the fart. The old silent but deadly. Yes. Oh, yes. But even if you don't know who dealt it, you can usually pick up on at least the second telltale sign of a fart, which is the smelt it part. Or <laughs> Farts are odious, and that has to do with the process of how food is being broken down. The crazy thing is most of the farts doesn't smell. This was news to me. <laughs> Mind blown. But the pieces that do smell pack a punch. And this comes from a study. So here comes our academic research coming in. Hot <laughs> here. According to a study in the Journal of Chromatography. Sounds right. Yeah, it's right. I looked okay. it up. I looked it up yesterday. This is one of the self-explanatory ones. <laughs> 99% of farts are comprised of hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and methane. But these gases are odorless. So 99% of one fart, not 99% of, like, all farts. Yes. Got it. Of, of the gas that is expelled through your anus, one 99% yeah. of it is odorless. And this guy figured this out because he stuck tubes up people's butts. And so when the <laughs> gas came out, he captured it and then he measured the gas, what the contents of the gas. How hard up are these college students for the $20 <laughs> To be like, let me put some tubes up your ass. Okay. You don't always need $20. Maybe like the thrill of it. (laughs) I mean, it's novelty for sure. Like, guess what I did this weekend? (laughs) Some scientist stuck some tubes up my ass and analyzed my farts. That's dinner party conversation right there. So that means if 99% isn't odorless, 1% is. You can't always pin down who dealt it, but you can pin down who is causing the smell. And that is our good friend, Sulfur. Just like when I peel eggs and Austin Mm -hmm. will come in and be like, did you fart? And I'm like, no, I just made hard-boiled eggs and I farted, okay? (laughs) Here's something about me. My olfactory senses are not very strong or maybe I'm just kind of disgusting but when i go to yellowstone which i go to yellowstone like semi-frequently uh, my sister-in-law is uh she works out there but <laughs> we've gone out there a few times whenever we go to like the geothermal features and that also leaks sulfur it's like literal earth fart <laughs> but when i go to those i just get kind of hungry because it smells like eggs i'm like yeah let's go to a diner let's get some eggs i could go for a a grand slam about now i don't know what's bringing this on <laughs> So that little bit of sulfur is what makes our farts smell bad through compounds like hydrogen sulfur. And what makes some farts smellier than others is that some foods have more sulfur in them. I'd list out what these foods are, but I don't fucking need to. We all know what foods make our farts smell worse. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because it's also kind of like a double-edged sword. You know, so broccoli, you know, the broccoli farts, it's got more sulfur in it so it inherently makes your fart stinkier and they're harder to digest so then your back the bacteria fart more and you have your secondhand farts coming out of your ass so yeah that is why broccoli farts are the fucking worst it's twofold it's a, a double front attack on your back so why do we fart and do we really need to i can say i need to oh uh, yeah spoiler alert <laughs> You should fart. Don't hold on to it. (laughs) But not all animals fart, although most mammals do. Most of our brethren. Our mammalian brethren. I will say one big exception is sloths. And everybody (laughs) loves sloths, and they're so cute. Because they don't fart. Isn't that amazing? But that actually just is not to do with how cute they are. It actually comes from the fact that they are so fucking slow, and their digestion is so slow. And that apparently reduces farts. A quirk of their slow nature means that they don't fart. Huh. Why why does slow digestion result in less farts? Well, if you wanted to get to the answer of that, I have some recommended reading. It's a book getting into what animals fart and what animals doesn't. It's called Does It Fart? The Definitive Field Guide to Animal Flatulence. And for only $16, it can be yours on Amazon.com. Is it a children's book or like a science book? No, it's like a person book. It's for adults. It has a picture of an animal and it says, does it fart or not? Then it talks about its farts, which apparently sloths are the only mammals that don't. Snakes do. Some snakes do. And they fart through their cloacas. 
I know that's like a universal hole. Like you fuck in it, you shit out of it, you piss out of it. That's definitely <laughs> it. So every egg, that sulfury smelling egg that you eat has come out of a cloaca. But since so many of God's creatures fart, it has to be helpful, right? The world seems to know what it's doing. <laughs> it seems to have a self-regulation. Exactly. You got to get that gas out. But what if you are that a southern dam? That southern lady who just could never. I may have had the vapors on occasion, but never fought. I couldn't stoop to such animal proclivities. <laughs> Even if you decided that's your walk of life and you never want to fart, can you hold your farts indefinitely or maybe hold them so that you can release them for once a year and an hour atop a mountain in Switzerland? Just like Jack Donaghy. Oh, we got to get the 30 Rock references in where we can. Uh, have you ever held in a fart and they're like, nope, can't do it. And then it does. It just like goes away. And you're like, where did it go? Oh, I know where it goes. And I'm about to tell you. They're not just going away forever. That gas is actually being reabsorbed into your bloodstream. At least that's what was found in a study that was published in 2018. Whoa. And guess what happens when that gas is in your fart stream? Guess where it goes then? I mean, your fart stream. In your bloodstream. <laughs> it's like the fart express. Your bloodstream becomes a fart express. I don't know. Where does it go? It comes out your mouth. What? It goes into your lungs and it is expelled through your breath. So if you hold your farts, you will have fart breath. Wow. I think that that's way worse than actually letting gas escape from your ass. That makes sense. Okay, so if it gets reabsorbed in your bloodstream, your blood goes to your lungs, mm -hmm. you know, to trade off oxygen, and then it releases itself into your lungs and then you have fart breath. So that begs the question, is it worse to fart in the middle of a nice dinner party or fart breath. Well, I think the fart breath will take a little bit longer to get there. So you can probably hold on to it for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. <laughs> until you can excuse yourself. Oh. Pop some breath mints. But the grand scheme of things, if you don't let it out down below, it will come out up above. And that's way worse. It's a one way. And you want to keep it that way. Keep the system flowing. Let its body do its thing. Evolution has spent... 100,000 years crafting this piece of equipment we are all rocking. Let it do what it do. Okay, so we have talked a whole lot about farts, which was the intention. <laughs> but we haven't answered our question. So now it's time to get to the headliner, the money shot, the question at the heart of our conversation tonight. How can I tell the difference between a fart and poo? And get ready for it because I'm about to sound hella smart, depending on how well I pronounce all these words. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> the origins of us being able to distinguish between the two paths, the, a gust of wind and an earth slide, <laughs> comes down to embryology, which is how the human body develops from a lump of cells to a beautiful specimen that is able to sit here and have a podcast today. And to sit at a dinner table and laugh at her farts. So what do little embryos have to do with farts? Well, much like a fart, you might want to... What? I don't much like a fart, you might want to expel an embryo as quickly as possible. Jeez. <laughs> oh, JK, JK, JK. I don't remember writing that. But... Back to the science. So your rectum canal, right? The My thumb hole. <laughs> yep. Your thumb glove down below can actually, it can be divided into two sections. So we're like splitting hairs here. We're getting really into it. So the top two thirds, and by top, I mean the further up in you piece. Got it. Is made up of endodermal tissue, which has visceral nerves. And if you're like me and you didn't know what the fuck any of this meant, a visceral nerve is a nerve that has to do with like smooth muscles, a.k.a. involuntary nerves, a.k.a. you don't have control over them. Like all of your digestive system is made out of smooth muscle because you cannot control your intestines and that kind of stuff. It does its thing on its own. So that's the top two thirds. 
And this is where the magic happens, is the bottom (laughs) one-third is made up of ectodermal tissue. So this is comprised of somatic nerves. Not semantic, not semitic. I was trying to (laughs) capture what I heard in a YouTube video and type it down, and I hit both in my Google search. And they were like, "Mm mm-mm, girl, try again. (laughs) So a somatic nerve is a nerve that we can control. And... The video I watched, which is a lovely video, which I'm going to cite it somewhere, but I'm not going to say it here because you could have listened to this whole gist of this podcast in two minutes <laughs> as opposed to an hour. Shh. You come here. For, you just want to hang out with us. I get it. We have a good time. But in the video I watched, it compared the nerves in this part of our rectum to our skin. It has a little bit more sensitivity and we have a little bit more control and like it registers in our brain, I guess. So we can feel the difference with this lower third. You'll feel the difference. (laughs) You hope. That's a brand slogan, isn't it? Is it a Trojan? (laughs) No, it's like a totally innocuous brand slogan. It's Ford. It is Ford. Ford, you'll feel the difference (laughs) with a Dodge Ram. (laughs) So these two sections are divided. They're actually kept apart by a thing called the pectinate or dentate line. (laughs) Pectinate al dente line. (laughs) And you know what? I use that to remember how to say it. Because the first time the guy said it, I heard al dente. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I heard when you said it. Mm, so it's it's like cooked, but not all the way. It's got a little crunch to it. It's just right for eating. Yeah, the pectinate <laughs> or dente line. And mm, I see what you did there. It took me a second. <laughs> it took you a second. Yeah, you got there. How much uh, my tongue can I fit? And I got to measure it against my... Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, but this line, it just shows the transition from one type of tissue to another, which at least is my best guess of what exactly it is, because it's listed in the anatomy books as a thing that exists, but it's not a muscle or anything, or like an actual physical line, it's just a transition of tissue. Okay, got it. And this division of nerves is essentially what lets us be able to feel the difference and then respond accordingly to what the lower nerves in our anus are actually telling us. So it gets fed by these not feeling muscles and then it gets down to the feeling muscles and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And I was curious about this because it's like, if I have skin muscles in my butt, is that really going to be able to tell the difference between a solid and gas? But then I think about if I hold something in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. It can Definitely tell the difference. Absolutely. You can tell the difference between a a liquid, a solid, and a gas. So that is what's happening in your butthole. And (laughs) why do we have this? It gets even more interesting. This is where it's just like mind blown. Did you know that all babies have colecas? I did not. Yes. AKA that exact same thing that we talked about with lizards, um, snakes, Birds have a coleca. For the first seven weeks of gestation, every human has a coleca. This was news to me. Honestly, I did not know this in embryonic development. Hmm. The coleca. Or more so, its disappearance is how we get that pectinate al dente <laughs> one. Which I don't know why it's always listed as pectinate or dente. Like, just pick one, science. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, that is weird. Okay. So when you're first created, your first little human embryo arrives on the scene. Its digestion is handled through something that has a very scientific name called the gut tube. (laughs) And this is what becomes our digestive tract in the future. And it has three sections. And the one that we care about today is called the hind gut. Okay. And this becomes our lower GI area, lower digestive tract. Okay. And the first seven weeks of gestation, this gut tract is connected to our urinary tract, a.k.a. a coleca, because solid waste and liquid waste would come out together. And it's even got coleca in the name so it's called coleca membrane is what connects those two pieces together but 
babies don't pee and poop. It goes out to through the umbilical cord. Yeah. So it comes in, goes around the tract, and both of those pieces oh, come out Oh, go back together. out. Okay. Through the umbilical huh. cord. Yet, somehow along the way, and don't ask me more questions. Don't ask any follow-up okay. questions on this because I don't know the answer. <laughs> but around the seventh week of gestation, the cloaca cloaca membrane burst. Right? So it, it's like it a pinata. Apart. Everyone's having yes. a party. They're happy because the, the urinary tract is on its own and the gut tube is on its own. So that's how, you know, we get what we got today. But when that happens, the ectoderm, consisting of those feeling nerves that we talked about Mm -hmm. earlier, it invaginates into the hind gut, which if you're not following, let me explain. (laughs) This just means it will collapse or fold back into the cavity or pouch, which essentially, if I'm going to put it in layman terms, it means that your little starfish becomes... A black hole and sucks in the things that are around it. Okay. I'm following. Yeah. So the external skin folds into your butt. When it breaks, it kind of goes. And it and sucks it in. sucks in all this gut tube and what, what, what becomes the urinary tract system and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the urinary tract. Get that out of here. Forget about that. Okay. That does its own thing. Okay. We're looking just we're looking just at the gut tube. And it was here and then it breaks and it kind of like becomes its own thing, but in the process of becoming its own thing. It takes the skin cells from the outside and pulls them inside to form that mm-hmm. lower third. Like, it prolapses, Got I guess, it. would be a way around it. But I like to think of it as a black hole, and it, like, sucks in the thing around it, which black hole, a.k.a. my new nickname for my anus. Mine's the destroyer. <laughs> mm, I don't want to ask why. <laughs> That's interesting to think about, though. First, I wasn't hearing you. I wasn't picking up what you're saying, but now now I see it. What was external skin tissue then comes inside, and so that skin tissue is sensitive. Like we were saying, you can tell the difference in your hands between liquid, gas, solid. So that is sucked up into your butthole when you're a teeny tiny little thing, and thus that is born. And that little section of folded in is actually called the proctodium. And it's not... Until gas or solids reach this very small one centimeter and change point that we're able to distinguish if we're about to sneak out a little squeaker or if we need to excuse ourselves to the bathroom. Just one centimeter lies between us and room. Absolute chaos. Yep. So there you have it. Because we begin our development like little tiny birds and then just bust through that cloaca membrane and we get that little extra (laughs) 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 because we break through it and we get that little extra bit of sensitive membrane just in our little buttholes that is what lets us differentiate poo from gas boom question answered you know what this makes you think is that we say asshole like it's some sort of insult because lord knows i've said it many times i call somebody an asshole turns out asshole is pretty fucking smart you know Mm -hmm. it can tell the difference between all these different things like we said this one centimeter asshole is between us and absolute chaos end of the world end of panties social ruin so maybe we should we should rethink our use of the word asshole maybe next time somebody really saves your ass (laughs) you should call them hey I really appreciate it. You were a real asshole just then. I really needed you. <laughs> and I think the best way for us to establish this is just let me say right now, Laura, I think you're a major asshole. <laughs> you too, Rachel. Oh, I'm crying again. <laughs> <laughs> and while we manage our emotions of giving each other the best compliments we've arguably received in our lives, <laughs> you enjoy this break. And when we come back, we will muse. And let me tell you. We're going to muse about farts. (laughs) I didn't think it could happen, but here we are. Here we go. You know, all this science, all this research, all this little black hole 
<laughs> cloaca, all this conversation just really makes you think about how amazing the human body or just bodies in general are that evolution is so freaking impressive it really makes you all think how we all came from a shared ancestor if we all have these traits in common we talk about lizard brains all the time like managing our core functions Mm -hmm. but then i learned we all had a cloaca when we were little fetuses that just kind of proves that we are like step by step evolving from each other and really have so much in common like a fun fact that i've heard is that you compare us to a banana we have 60 percent of the same dna and the the percentage differences get even smaller and smaller when you look at primates and things like that and it just makes you think about how those tiny percentages working so hard do so much to differentiate us but really the building blocks are all the same and we start out life the same, especially vertebrate animals. And then those other pieces of DNA really chug into work and and create freaking civilizations and cities and towns and podcasts. Well, and it makes you think, and this is going to sound like a little, I don't know, kind of high and mighty. But the fact that we all have these other evolutionary traits, like your lizard brain and then our colecas that go away, it's kind of, I'm not one to say this, but it kind of makes you think that human beings are the highest form of life on our planet i just think we're very highly social animals and that's what sets us apart but seeing all these other differences are we the end point of evolution on earth no i don't think so i think that another million years we're going to get further and further down the line but to me all of this intricacy and how we're all connected personally makes me think of intelligent design i know that you don't jump on that track but i'm just like mind blown by it and i'm like there's got to be something going on here, but that's to each their own. <laughs> yeah, that's those are very personal beliefs, right? Yeah. You know, whether mm-hmm. you think somebody sat down and said, you know what, I'm going to take that one third of an anus. <laughs> I'm going to take that cloaca and I am going to make it work. You better right. work, bitch. I'm going to burst it and then <laughs> I'm going to let some of that ectodermal skin go in there so that these people, I mean, they're in my image. I don't want them fucking shitting themselves. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly. I think God sat down in a room, you know, his little basement room, and he's got his little red streaks of yarn. You know, he's (laughs) just trailing them everywhere. This is connected Uh, to this and connected to that. mm, I would say that if there was some intelligent design behind our bodies, it would not involve us shitting at all or (laughs) farting at all. We would maybe just live off the sun like plant creatures just eat sunlight but you know you like having the thought of intelligent design it does sure seem that way and i'm more in the camp of evolution is what designed it Mm -hmm. which means that there has to have been some evolutionary benefit to being able to tell the difference between a fart and a poo and what do you think that that could be well i mean other than the obvious social aspects do other mammals have this same ability or is this a human thing Well, they definitely fart, but I don't know if they have so much control over it. Yeah, because, I mean, I think about a horse. You go in that carriage, right, and they are just... (laughs) They don't seem to be doing much recognizing between what's coming out and what's not. But then there's my cat who's like, I got to go use the litter box, you know? So I think there's got to be... They have to have some ability to tell the difference. All animals have some control over their bowels. Well, that, no, that... I mean the ability to tell the difference. So my, you know, cat that's laying on my lap, he knows that he can let this squeaker out. You know, if you can hear him right now, he's squeaking. Uh... Well, he's squeaking out the other <laughs> end. But no, that's 100% true because my dogs will fart in the house. Yeah. They will lay there and they will just pass gas. So but they can tell the they... difference too. Apparently, because I just assumed they had no control over it. But if they felt it coming, then hopefully they would ask to go outside. Exactly, exactly. So they, they must have that same ability. I think that there there has to be an evolutionary benefit to it of controlling where you expel, marking territory and that kind of thing. Like animals are careful about that. Like where you piss and shit has meaning to animals. Yes. And whether you're shitting where you're not supposed to or where you are supposed to. You don't want to shit in your little hidey hole. If you're like batting down for the winter, you don't want to <laughs> soil the bed, so to speak. There has to be greater evolutionary benefits to it other than the uh, social ruin. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And it has, it probably has to do with a little bit of, like you said, of like having 
disgusting things in in the space you're living in, disease coming out of, you know, your poo and that kind of stuff. But then also just like smell, like odor is very important in the animal oh, kingdom. That's and true. It's important to the humanity as well. And that was something I saw in my research that didn't make it into my notes is that your farts smell better to you people don't report their own farts smelling is bad because it's your smell but we're more sensitive to the smells of others because if you are out in the woods and all of a sudden you smell another human you wanted to be very aware of that so the i could see where the ability to recognize others smells were evolutionary benefit on the flip side so is the ability to control your smells because what comes with the ability to distinguish between poo and a fart also comes with the ability to hold a fart yeah right so you're able to control when you do it and that might help you be a little bit more sneaky in the woods (laughs) so i think that there is some evolutionary benefit to it like you said other than just the fact that if i was in a work meeting and i just like started shitting myself (laughs) uncontrollably that would probably not bode well. I would probably not get a promotion and then live in destitution. That's another thing. We're all just denying our, our ape brain. It's like, you know what? Just let it go. Just let it go. I've heard in, in more um, closely packed cultures that farting doesn't have the same taboo than it does in American culture, like where we're all very spread out over long, large swaths uh, of land that, you know, when people fart, they're like, yeah, like people fart, whatever. That actually makes sense. But in America, you got to give me land, lots of land under farties, guys. <laughs> yeah, above. give me plenty of land to fart freely on. We're, we're going to have to do another episode on the, the social aspect of farts. Definitely. So my main takeaway from this whole research is just, God damn it, if the human body just isn't amazing. Like the fact that one and a half, you know, one centimeter and change can tell the difference between solids and gas. And that's what lets us keep from shitting ourselves and doing all this awesome stuff. You know, what other feats of the human body just kind of like impress you? Like things that are day to day that we do that when you take a step back, you're like, that's actually a miracle. I think everything that we do is a fucking miracle. Honest to God. Like just, you know, the ability to walk and talk and see and, you know, translate light into images in our head. Like it's all fucking crazy. Or that Pavlovian response, like when you're actually hungry and then like you see ice cream and your mouth starts to flood with saliva. Like Mm -hmm. actually, it's not just like your brain being like, I want that, but your body is physically responding to it. It's all fucking amazing. It really is. For me, the thing that I think is like the absolute coolest shit in the world is that we can just like do physics, right, in our heads without thinking about it. (laughs) Can we? (laughs) Yeah. My husband likes to toss me things just, I guess, to see if I can catch it. We toss a lot of things. (laughs) That sounds awful. (laughs) I'd just be getting bombarded with, like, remote controls all day because I have terrible eye-hand coordination. I'd be like, ah, ah, ah. Well, we do that. And so it's just like, it, that's what a toss is, is calculating speed, velocity, predicting where something is going to go. And then we catch it. Likewise, driving, right? We predict other people's speed and we have to navigate and respond to it. We did a whole episode on road rage and it, it never came up in the conversation, but, like, I feel like driving is when we're kind of at our truest human sense where we're responding and reacting to things in real time. And it's very complicated. It is. No wonder why I failed my driver's test two times. (laughs) Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I got it first try. Eh, She's gifted. (laughs) No, I just, I'm, I'm a student. I study really hard. I just study really a lot. That's what I, it's what you're doing. I'm a communication major. I study good. (laughs) (laughs) to read makes our English speaking good (laughs) it sure does it just there's so much that we do in day-to-day and of course there's the big things there's the COVID vaccine and there's cures for diseases and all these amazing things that we do and we see and we recognize as miraculous but those are like groups of people and and that's amazing in and of itself our ability to work and communicate together but just like the simplest things in the human body i mean watching charlotte grow up and i look back at videos of where she was a year ago and i'm like holy shit (laughs) she was like a, a, a mush pit I, I call her an angry potato. That's what I called her. Yeah, we should say Charlotte is that one-year-old you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 
I don't know. I don't know if I, I, everybody knows Charlotte by now. I would imagine it's my baby. She's and, not a baby anymore. Well, she's just a little. She's a little. She's baby. not in college. <laughs> don't age her up. But I, I, I also was thinking when I put this together, I'm like, this will be a good Charlotte episode because she didn't come up a lot in sex dolls, cannibalism, <laughs> thank God, or nudity, which you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, she's running around nude all exactly. the time. Exactly, but she shit. hasn't come up in a while, so it's like, oh, Charlotte's gonna come up on the fart episode for sure, for sure. Yeah, she and is. she's gonna hate that farter. when she's a teenager. Ha, okay. I didn't even think about that. Oh God, is she gonna listen? In polite society, will be long gone by then. Charlotte, don't listen to me. I've never had any sex. <gasps> that never came up. <laughs> you just admitted that now. It was hinted at heavily. Yeah, because we're putting on characters. Oh, okay. And I can pronounce everything. Delete that part. I can pronounce. <laughs> I can pronounce everything. I'm actually a scientist. <laughs> oh my gosh! And when you hear me say blatant lies like that, I think it's time to wrap this shit up. Can we do like fart noises to the drums? Is that allowed? Yeah, but I think we should say some things before that, right? Oh yeah. Okay, I guess so. The first thing I think we should say is thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the fart content. I don't know if there's very many other female-led podcasts that have talked about farts for an hour, but you're welcome. And if you're into this kind of stuff, you guys should tell a friend. If you're into farts, if you're into butts, if you're into impolite stuff, you should tell a friend. Yeah. Because that's how indie podcasts like us grow. Friends don't let friends listen to bad podcasts. So when you have finished this episode. I want you to hit that share button, and I want you to send it. Send it to your fartiest friend and be like, yo ass stinks. Send us your curious, your interested, the folks who like to dig into topics and muse about farts somehow. Those are our people, and we want to connect with them. Like, like finds like. Exactly. Also be sure to find our likes and all our social channels, TikTok, Instagram, those are the big ones. We're on the other ones, but you can, you are not super active, but you can find us there. And of course, send us your own rude questions or just send us your thoughts about our episode today at rude at impolitesocietypodcast.com. That is our email, and we love to get emails. Yeah, drop us a line, say hi, let us know what you think, validate us. Yes, and if you send us bad stuff, we will send this preemptively in response. Oh, that was a silent one. But I think I think this is time. That's it. That's it for us. Thank you so much for joining us on the fartiest episode of Impulse Society ever. We will see you again in two weeks. Have a good one. Oh, that's the drums. <laughs> Are those the drums or those the farts of Christmas past? Okay, that's the drums. They're telling us you've made enough fart sounds for the night. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you on the flipping fart. Bye.